Hi everyone, welcome to DAC Beachcross Lawcast. I'm Beth Brown, a pensions partner in the National Employment Pensions in Immigration Group, and I'm joined by Kerry Fuller. Hi everyone, I'm a legal director in the team and an employment specialist. In light of the current economic environment and lots of business reorganisation and mergers taking place, today we thought we'd talk to you about the Transfer of Undertakings Protection of Employment Regulations 2006, which were amended in 2014 and are more commonly referred to as TUPI. Thanks, Kerry. As you'll all know, TUPI can apply as a result of an asset or business sale rather than a share sale. Drilling down into that a bit more from a pensions perspective, TUPI will apply where, one, there is a relevant business transfer, two, by virtue of that relevant business transfer, an employee ceases to be employed by the seller, which we may refer to as the transfer and employer during this episode, and becomes employed by the purchaser, which we may refer to as the new employer during this episode, and three, immediately before that relevant business transfer, the employee was an active member of the seller's or transfer and employer's occupational pension scheme, or if not a member, they were eligible to join the scheme or in a probationary period waiting to become eligible. So before we move on to talk about what happens to pensions when TUP applies, Kerry, do you just want to talk a bit more about whether TUP even applies? So for example, Can you tell us what a relevant business transfer is, please? Yes, of course, Beth. So a relevant business transfer is a transfer of a business or of an undertaking or part of a business where there's a transfer of an economic entity that retains its identity. Um, So to spell that out, there are three parts to this. So first, there needs to be an economic entity involved. Secondly, that needs to transfer And third, that economic entity needs to retain its identity following the transfer. And um, it can also involve a service provision change. So it might not be the entirety um, of um, a business. It would be, in that case, potentially a business outsourcing to a contractor or then the subsequent insourcing of that contract at the end of its life. So cleaning or catering services uh, often uh, in mind. Um, And some transfers, some relevant business transfers, Beth, will be both a business transfer and a service provision change. Okay, great. Thanks, Kerry. That's really clear. So if TUPI applies, what happens from an employment perspective? Yeah, so the way I think of it, Beth, is a statutory innovation of rights or in layman's terms, Um, that the new employer um, steps into the transferring employer's shoes. And that's because TUPI seeks to protect employees' rights. So where TUPI applies, there will be a contractual employment rights transfer to the purchaser in its capacity as the new employer. Um, And that's actually, I say it's a statutory innovation of rights because that's actually something that ultimately is for the employment tribunal to decide on the application of the TUPI legislation. But um, it sounds simple, it's not actually that easy, and it doesn't always include pension rights that transfer, does it, Beth? No, it it doesn't, Kerry. Most rights under occupational pension schemes do not transfer under TUPI, and this is known as the pension exemption. 
Okay, Beth, I, I heard you say most rights there. Does that mean that there are exceptions to that pension exemption? Yes, any provisions of an occupational pension scheme which do not relate to benefits for old age, invalidity or survivors are excluded from the pension exemption and will therefore pass to the new employer under GP. Okay, so what does that mean in practice, Beth? Essentially, this means that certain defined benefit pension rights do actually transfer to the new employer on a GP transfer. Case law has evolved, which has indicated that enhanced redundancy and advantageous early retirement terms under an occupational pension scheme transfer to the new employer on a TUPI transfer because they are not benefits which relate to old age, invalidity or survivors. So they don't fall within the pensions exemption, which means that they do transfer under TUPI. Thanks, Beth. That's really clear. And are there any other general TUPI transfer pension rules that listeners should be aware of? Mm. Yes, there are a couple other points I would make. So we've been talking about what happens if the transferring employees are members of or eligible to join the seller's occupational pension scheme. As there are other pension schemes which exist, I think it's worth mentioning that if the seller contributes to a personal or stakeholder pension scheme in respect of the transferring employees, then the pension rights under contract of employment will actually transfer under TUPI. It's also worth noting that death benefit only schemes, so death and service benefits not provided under an occupational pension scheme, will also transfer under TUPI. Okay, so if there is a business sale then and the purchaser in its capacity as the new employer will need to consider where the TUPI applies. And then if it does apply, one of the matters the new employer will need to consider is whether the pension rights of the transferring employees transfer or not. Is that all Beth an employer needs to think about from a pensions perspective? No, it's not. Regardless of whether TUPI applies or not, there are limited pension protections which can apply on the transfer of employment. These pension protections set out the requirements for new employers to provide minimum pension benefits for transferring employees, where those employees were active members of or eligible to become members of the seller's occupational pension scheme prior to the transfer, and they apply even if the TUPI pension exemption applies. These pension protections apply in addition to the new employer's automatic enrolment duties, which would obviously require the new employer to assess all the transferring employees as if there are new employees to determine whether they need to be automatically enrolled into a qualifying pension scheme and what contributions are payable in respect of them. Okay, thanks, Beth. And you said that the pension protections set out the requirements for a new employer to provide minimum pension benefits for transferring employees. And they apply even if the TUPI pension exemption applies. So when do these pension protections apply then, Beth? The pension protections apply if, one, there is a relevant transfer within the meaning under TUPI, which we've already talked about. Two, as a result of that transfer, the employees cease to be employed by the seller or transferring employer and become employed by the purchaser or new employer. Three, immediately before the transfer, 
there is an occupational pension scheme of which the transfer and employer is an employer. Four, the transfer and employees were either active members of that scheme or eligible to become members of that scheme or in a waiting period before becoming eligible. And finally, if the transfer and employer scheme provided defined contribution benefits, the transfer and employer is required to pay contributions to the scheme or has actually paid contributions to the scheme regardless of whether there was any requirement to do so. Okay, um, that makes sense, Beth. Can you tell us, please, what the new employer has to do if the pension protections apply? The obligations on the new employer depend on the transfer and employer's pension arrangements. Very broadly, if the transfer and employer has an occupational pension scheme, which the transfer and employee is a member of or eligible to join, and the transfer and employer is required to or chooses to pay contributions to that scheme, regardless of whether that scheme is defined benefit or defined contribution scheme, the new employer has to offer the transfer and employees membership of a defined benefit or defined contribution occupational pension scheme. I would just make the point though, that if the transfer and employer has a defined benefit pension scheme, that doesn't automatically mean that the new employer has to provide access to a defined benefit scheme. Okay, thanks. And what benefits does the new employer have to provide as a minimum? If the new employer is going to offer membership to a defined contribution pension scheme, then it has to pay employer contributions, which match the employee contributions up to a maximum of 6% basic pay, or if the transfer and employer is required to make contributions solely for the purpose of producing money purchase benefits immediately before the transfer, then the new employer can pay employer contributions which match the transfer and employer's employer contributions. Now, if the new employer decides instead to offer membership to a defined benefit pension scheme, it has to meet certain minimum quality standards, which are broadly that members will be entitled to benefits, the value of which equal or exceed 6% pensionable pay for each year of employment, together with the total amount of any contributions made by them. And if the member is required to contribute, their contributions cannot exceed 6% of their pensionable pay. In reality, new employers rarely offer membership to define benefit pension schemes partly because there is some uncertainty about whether the requirements need to be met on a member-by-member -member basis or an overall scheme basis, but mainly because, as you all know, defined benefit pension schemes are a lot more expensive for employers to provide. Okay, that makes sense, Beth. And finally, what about rights under a personal pension scheme? So you remember from earlier on that rights under personal pension schemes can transfer under the usual principles of TUPI. This means that if the transfer and employer provides access to a personal pension plan to which it contributes in respect of the transfer and employees, the new employer will have to pay the same employer contributions in respect of the transfer and employees. Great, thanks Beth. Is there anything else an employer needs to think about on a TUPI transfer from a pensions perspective, please? The only other point I would briefly make, Kerry, is that under TUPI, there are certain obligations to inform and consult with representatives of effective employees. 
And this can include information relating to legal, economic and social implications of the transfer. And that in turn can include changes relating to any pensions arrangements, whether transferred or not. I don't propose to go into any detail about any consultation obligations in this episode, but I just wanted to flag that for completeness. That's helpful. Thank you. So I think in summary, there is a lot to think about on a cheapy transfer. And I say that both from an employment and a pensions perspective. But that's all we've got time for today. So I'd just like to thank everyone for listening to this episode. And thank you, Beth, for joining too. Thank you, Kerry.